What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Over and Back's Basketball Mysteries of the 1970s. Today's mystery is, how great was Nate Thurman's quadruple-double? All right, welcome to Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason. With me as usual is Rich, and we are here to talk about the uh, late, great Nate Thurman. He uh, unfortunately passed away uh, from uh, leukemia. On uh, July 16th, he was uh, he was 74 years old, one of the uh, great uh, players, of course, of all time in NBA history, one of the top 50 uh, voted on in 1996. Um, Rich, uh, we're going to talk about a really interesting aspect of uh, Thurman's career in particular. Uh, he is one of four players uh, officially to have quadruple doubles in NBA history. Yeah, it's it's quite the accomplishment. Of course, um, there is always the issues of, you know, blocks not being counted and that sort of stuff and assists not being counted. So I'm sure and we'll talk about that later. Maybe there was another person who might have had or people will talk a little bit about people that that might have had or could have had or, you know, ones that had the most likely chance of doing it. But for as far as we're concerned, yeah, Nate Thurman's one of four all time to do it. Of course, there's uh, there's a fifth game for astute basketball fans, but uh, Hakeem Olajuwon he did it in March 3rd, 1990. Uh, but it was later disallowed. They gave him uh, one extra assist, so they did not let that happen. Yes. <laughs> stand for that. So uh, as it stands as of today, right now we have four official time, uh, times that a guy has had a quadruple double uh, in NBA history. And that's I mean that's an insane accomplishment too. It's it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the the Olajuwon game. Uh, apparently, they tried to tack on an extra assist after the fact so <laughs> hey whatever you know nine that's close yes. enough right they, they were like nine's almost 10 why, why not right. they're they're pretty brazen about that yeah so thurman's <laughs> uh, took place it was october 18th 1974 uh, his first game as a chicago bull actually uh he had 22 points 14 rebounds 13 assists and 12 blocks um we'll talk a little bit more about how he got to chicago in a minute but uh only the beginning of the second season in which um blocks and steals were tracked so it would have been uh, you know the one of the first chances for that to ever happen of course it would not have been official before then um 
there is an oral history of it, or I, well, not an oral history, but uh, but Thurman recounted this on an article on NBA.com, um, and uh, he talked. It was written in his own words, and he basically said, you know, this, I'm obviously very proud of this accomplishment, but you and I know that probably it happened a lot in the '60s, and um, talked about Wilt and Russell and Oscar plus himself as guys who were candidates to have done it before. Uh, he quote is. I'm not trying to brag, but there were games where it was ridiculous the number of shots I blocked. When I was young, there were nights when guys couldn't come close to getting shots off me. Only Russell could have blocked more in his career. And um, he also mentioned that basically the the thing that he really remembered about the game at the time is that uh, afterward he went to his apartment, he was just dead. He didn't even realize, you know, that he had had the... Uh, you know th- those numbers until the next morning, and um, and no one really talked about even triple doubles at the time. So the fact that you know really, it, it took a while for the significance of that for anyone to kind of really notice that accomplishment because it was just you know it was, like I said it was uh, blocks and steals were pretty still still pretty new to the NBA. So I you know it was kind of not really within anyone's imagination to uh, take note of it you know like we do today. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and that is an interesting quote that he brings up, of course, of the guys in the 60s and him himself. I mean, you look at a guy who at this point, you know, when he comes to Chicago and people that have seen him in Chicago knows that that's not kind of the, you know, Nate Thurman was was just a beast when he was in um, uh, San Francisco and, and obviously Golden State Warriors well when they uh, you know, rebranded yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. Moved to Oakland. So um when you see images and, and videos, because there's a pretty good video. I know NBA.com released a, a pretty cool video as well, kind of talking about him. And that's a guy who, you know, Wilt is on record saying it. I think Bill Russell's on record saying it. Like, that guy blocked us a lot. Like, he's one of the few guys that, like, no matter what, we just had so much trouble getting a shot off. And you watch that highlight video, and there's Kareem doing the sky hook, and, you know, Nate's sending it away. There's, you know, Wilt doing his thing, and and, and Nate's sending it away. So it's just, it, it's it's very interesting to see that, or, or to hear it in his own words as well, of, like, a man that's like, ah, oh, really? <laughs> like, I probably had a lot more of these, but, you know, now it matters, even though, you know, before I probably, but we're talking about a guy who wasn't in his prime when he got this. I mean, he really, you know, he was still very good, but was probably a good, you know, four or five years outside of his, like, amazing prime. And, he, you know, he'd be out of the league and, you know, I think about two or three years uh, after this. But it's just, it, it, again, it's, it'd be so interesting to know how many times he and how many times, you know, guys like Wilt, uh, Russell, of course, uh, Oscar Robinson is one that was mentioned, um, how many they might have had had, you know, we, we kept track of those. But, you know, then again, we've been keeping track of them for a while and there's still only, you know, four. <laughs> so it's, it's not something that just kind of comes... Uh, a lot either yeah i am a little bit skeptical of the idea that it was like a common occurrence and I, like, i'm not right. I, oh, so yeah, certainly yeah. any of those players like they could have done it you know there's certainly um it's possible uh, but um you know oscar of course had a lot of triple doubles but um so you, you know he, he certainly had a lot of chances to do it um the other guys you know weren't necessarily quite as known for the triple doubles um you know well of course you know the the years that he was getting a lot of assists in the late 60s certainly a possibility uh russell maybe but you know he didn't really have a lot of triple doubles at least right. not recorded one so you know i, I yeah i i mean it, i still think that the quadruple double is um likely to be you know, maybe there's a handful of other ones but i'm i'm guessing that it was not like a uh you know a frequent occurrence like you know no. like he suggests so absolutely not and and i actually uh, in a little bit of you know, in prepping for this article i wanted to look at how many guys got like really close how many got to like nine points and not you know they couldn't get to 10 and it's actually super interesting of how few times like these weird oddities so here's the number of gains with 10 plus rebounds 10 assists uh, 10 blocks, but then less than, 10, you know, ah, we couldn't get to 10 points, zero. Nobody's ever done that. Nobody has gotten, you know, less than 10 points, but had everything else. 
Um, zero times as well has somebody had less than 10 rebounds, but everything else. So that hasn't been the deciding factor. Uh, 62 times has happened where guys have had 10 points, 10 rebounds, 10 of blocks, but less than uh, 10 assists. And as you can assume, it's a lot of the names that you would probably associate with that sort of stat line. Uh, Dikemi Mutombo is the all-time leader with 10. Uh, Hakeem Olajuwon has 9. Uh, David Robinson has 8. And then a, a little interesting question to post to you. Of course, this isn't, you know, a, a 70s thing, but Hassan Whiteside, he has four already in his two years in the league. That might be his thing, you know, that sort of triple-double, The uh, you know, I got 10 points, 10 rebounds, 10 blocks, but man, I can't assist the ball, because he really doesn't pass, ever, so he'd be a very interesting one, um, and like, legitimately ever pass, have you ever looked at his numbers? Yeah, they're very, very low, Like, I he know. doesn't yeah. pass, like, yeah. he has no idea, like, uh, so he might be the king of this award, because uh, it's gonna be very hard for him uh, to ever get 10 assists, but it's really cool, um, and then, of course, uh, 10 points, or 10 plus points, 10 plus rebounds, 10 plus assists, but less than 10 blocks, well, a lot, yeah. <laughs> I don't need to list every single triple-double ever, but... But essentially, yeah, there you go. The the less the blocks are obviously going to be the hardest aspect of that for any player because there's a certain, you know, there's a size issue in there. And that's, I think, uh, again, it's just a perfect confluence of a lot of stuff happening right. I remember um, Andre Kirilenko was a guy who in the in, in the 2000s, everybody was, okay, this guy's a walking quadruple double. He can do it. Yeah. And, like, even he had trouble doing it. Like, he got very close a bunch of times, but it's just it's not something that's that easy to do. Yeah, he did. you got to be all over the place. Like, yeah, he did. He had a number of those, the five, five by fives, you know, five in each yeah. category. But, yeah, he never was able to reach the quadruple double. The other guys who did it, um, for the record, um, Albert Rock, Alvin Robertson um, in 1986 did it. Uh, he was the only person to do it with 10 steals instead of 10 blocks. And then um, Elijah Wan, a, a few weeks after um, he it, the one was taken away from him, uh, he uh, in, later in March of 1990, he was able to do it against Milwaukee. Um, 18 points, 16 rebounds, 10 assists, 11 blocks. And then four years later, um, against Detroit, uh, David Robinson did it. Um, 34 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, and 10 block. Uh, Alvin Robertson's was 20 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, and uh, and 10 steals. So those are the four. Um, a pretty remarkable accomplishment, uh, obviously, for uh, for them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's pretty rare for – it, it's pretty common for there to be um, – uh, guys who have 10 or more blocks that's been done by 43 players uh, for a total of 155 times um elmore smith has the record with 17 on uh it, this is funny it was actually um october 28th 1973 it was the lakers ninth game of the season so that record has has stood since almost the beginning of when blocks were um you know accumulated. <laughs> he also had like two other games of like 14 or, or more uh like right within like a month he, he went crazy for a while and then fell off but the guys who of the records uh who have the most mark eaton has it 19 times and manu bowl has it 18 times but only 18 players have games with 10 or more steals um and alvin robertson actually did it four times quite extra did it two times uh everyone else did it just um did it just once so that that's much more uncommon i think the, the record is 11 it's t t tied with a couple guys larry keenan i know is one of them so um so if you're gonna do it you're get, you're much more likely to do it with blocks than you are to do with steals which is why like i wonder like if oscar robertson i mean he certainly may have done it but it's not like sure. it's a you know it, it's not like it's a sure thing that he did it just because he had all the triple doubles i mean it's possible but it's that that the 10 or more steals is, is so rare and maybe it was more common in the 60s obviously you know a lot, lot more stats because a lot more possessions then but but still you know the the idea that it's you know a definite is um you know it, it's questionable to me
Yeah, and, and blocks and steals are always going to be a little tougher because that's one that you can't control. I mean, you can, for the most part, control your points. You know, the guys are feeding you the ball. You can, a lot of times, control your your rebounds, you know, really going out there and getting an assist, you know, as long as your teammates are scoring. But blocks and steals, like, if, you, if you're if you at, like, eight and they're like, oh, man, I can't get a shot up over this guy today, they might not shoot over you anymore. Like, you know, if you're stealing the ball a bunch, you know, uh, you, you know, you got Gary Payton on you and he's got eight steals or whatever, you might just say, you know what, I can't dribble right now. <laughs> How about you guys take the ball up or whatever? Or, you know, you take the ball away from that guy if he's really on that day. So that, that those are always ones that you look at as as far as controlling you have the least opportunity to really control those versus the others which i'm sure it, it plays a part in why uh, they can kind of get stifled that easily yes so as far as um the guys who came really close um who players who missed by uh by by one to to would have gotten a quadruple, a quadruple double except for missing one thing uh rick barry Larry Steele played for the Blazers. Uh, Johnny Moore, uh, Larry Bird, who actually sat out the fourth quarter, could have gotten it, and was even <laughs> told, like, "Oh, you, I, I think it was an assist or a steal that he was behind. You, you, you could, you could do this. You have one more." And he's like, "And eh, it's not worth it." Uh, Michael Ray Richardson actually toward the end of his career with the Nets, just before the drug suspension. Uh, Clyde Drexler, who just barely missed on it twice, and, and of course Olajuwon in the case we talked about earlier. So, yeah, um, yeah and the closest to a quintuple quintuple double that that I could find, it's not even that close. And this dates back to 84 because that's when the play index search goes um is um it was uh, march 10th 1987 uh hakeem again uh, he had 38 points 17 rebounds 12 blocks seven steals and six assists so um you know that i think he's the only player who has six or more in all of those categories so so that um so we should talk a little bit about nate thurman just yeah just, just overall career uh, just just a little bit um he uh, he was a native of Akron, Ohio. In fact, he says he grew up six blocks from where LeBron grew up, and he also teamed with uh, Gus Johnson, who was uh, famous for playing with the Bullets, a, a fierce uh, dunker and great defensive player in high school. That was must have been quite the high school team, especially yeah, yeah, on the defensive end. Uh, he led his team to two finals in 64 and or, yeah, 64 and 67 and six conference finals during his career. Uh, he is one of four players who had 20 points and 20 rebounds in a season. Uh, Will Chamberlain, who did it like 10 times, Jerry Lucas, Bob Pettit, and Thurman, who all did it once or twice. Uh, and only one of five players to have 15 rebounds in uh, their career, mm-hmm. uh, uh, along with Wilt, uh, Russell, uh, uh, Bob Pettit, and, uh, and Jerry Lucas. Uh, he began his career in uh, in the 64 season pl- playing alongside Wilt, um, playing power forward, even though it kind of went against his uh, strengths. Uh, but he, along with Wilt, uh, helped lead the Warriors to the 64 finals as a rookie. Uh, they lost to the Celtics, as, uh, as as teams often would in the finals in the 60s, as, as we've... Uh, Especially Wilt. Yeah. Especially yes. teams with Wilt, yes. yeah. Uh, his, uh, then the Warriors kind of... Uh, Wilt had some health issues, and they, they, they struggled out of the gate the next season. They didn't have much depth. And then Wilt was traded to kind of start a rebuilding process, which... Um, happened pretty quickly uh in the 65 season he actually had 42 rebounds in a game which is more than any players ever had outside of wilt and uh, russell and then the next season he was joined by uh, rick barry and uh then they led the final the Warriors of the finals a year later in 67 losing to the seven 76ers he was actually second in mvp voting that year yeah, it's uh, pretty uh, pretty impressive numbers. And yeah, this is a guy who, uh, again, he, and we'll talk about this here in a little bit, a lot of times did get overshadowed in a lot of ways by Wilt and by Russell and by a few others, but really shouldn't have. I mean, that guy was, he was uh, uh, that good. I mean, that you look at that second in MVP voting, there you go. I mean, that's a guy who who's right there in the mix, uh, even if history doesn't sort of tell that tale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you know, from 67 to 70, he actually averaged 20.6 points per game and 20.3 rebounds per game. Uh, that, that was during the time where Barry 
left for the ABA, left the team with uh, Jeff Mullins. Uh, they later traded for Jerry Lucas, but that combination never worked quite that effectively. Uh, w- injuries to uh, Thurman Hurt, he, he missed like two of those seasons. He missed uh, almost half the season for each one. So the Warriors were fairly middling during that time. They made the playoffs, but didn't you know make any deep runs during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Slam Magazine had a, had a good Q&A with um, – Oh, with um, uh, with him and they um, he basically asked Thurman, you know, was it frustrating being compared to Chamberlain and Russell all the time? And he said, you know, I wasn't always compared to them. Wilt was offensive. I was defensive. Muhammad Ali needed Frazier to show his greatness. You know, I held them down and that was good enough for me. I was different from either one. Russell was more defensive than offensive, but he could score too. And you know, the one thing that kind of was lacking in Thurman's career is his, his shooting. He shot like 42% uh, during his uh, career. Obviously not great for a center, but you know, it was during a different time in which the shooting percentages were still lower. So I, I think that deserves some context, but even for that time, not a great percentage. No, not at all. And and that wasn't, I mean, he, he you know, despite those high scoring and real gaudy scoring numbers as well, um, he's even admitted, yeah, like, you know, said he's that more of a defense player. And if you watch highlights from him too, you can tell he's, he's very awkward on the offensive end. He had a decent, like, there's a lot of highlights that'll show he has a decent kind of fadeaway yeah. uh, jumper. But that's probably another thing where, like, at, you, you know, you got to remember the, the era as well. They're probably like, Nate, get down there. What are you doing, man? And he's like, all right, yeah. fine. Like, sorry, like, I won't take anymore. And they're like, I went in, but don't do that ever again. Like, you know. Get down there. You're 6'11". So, you know, you always got to remember the era a little bit as well. But, yeah, around the basket, uh, it was kind of awkward finishing. And, yeah, just just wasn't a polished offensive player, but uh, was able to still rack up the points and rack up, you know, a, a decent amount of success regardless of it. Yeah, and um, he um, um, was considered to be the um, – by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar called him the best defender that he uh, had ever faced. They, they faced off in the, in the playoffs uh, uh, two years in a row, I believe, in the 73 Western Finals, which Golden State actually won, upsetting the uh, Bucks, who were a significantly better team. Um, he held uh, he held Kareem to below uh, 50% shooting in um, in four of the six games, including two 8 of 24 uh, games. So um, was able to really, um, you know, to de- defend him effectively and, and defend Wilt, you know, effectively enough as well, even though obviously there's a big, you know, Thurman was around 6'10 or so, you know, he's a, he was a big, strong, you know, strapping guy, great rebounder, great defender, but obviously, you know, he's like everybody else almost, he is, um, you know, uh, was undersized compared to Wilt, so um, the Warriors did did return to prominence a little bit in uh, 73, as I mentioned, uh, they made that upset in that playoffs, uh, Rick Barrett returned to the, to the team, and there's a good um, article in the SI vault, uh, you know, what could have now may be, and uh, uh, Thurman just basically said, you know, they, they talk about the great combinations they've played together in this league, you know, mentioning Weston Baylor and Kuzi and Russell. And he said, Rick and I should have been one of those great combinations. Certainly, I'm glad to have Rick back so we can try to do all those things together. But that doesn't mean that I don't get sad thinking about the five years we wasted. We could have had that. We could have been in that group. We might have produced championships. Now we're finally getting our chance, but we're both getting older and we both got bad knees, which <laughs> is a very straightforward uh, th- thing to say. But, um, but it didn't really, you know, by, by then he was getting older and he was in his uh, early 30s and was slowing down a little bit um, and uh, was trade away to Chicago uh, in, in, heading into the 75 season. And, um, you know, th- at that point, the Bulls were kind of a powerhouse team that couldn't make it over the hunt. 
make it over the hump and and both teams ended up facing off in the western conference finals which was a, a you know sort of a surprise for the warriors to be there they, they were the two powerhouses uh you know warriors were a pretty young team that 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 got phil smith and that um you know got uh, jamal wilkes and along with barry were able to you know they ended up of course having a big upset um to uh, win the championship that year and the bulls you know it's kind of right at the end of the you know the chet walker norm van leer bob love team and mm-hmm. there was already kind of some discontent there between them and between dick mata and thurman also ran into kind of some bumps in uh, dick mata's offense as well it was kind of used more in the high post where he wasn't really uh, as effective yeah and it's 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 you, you look at that team and again you know they won 47 games you know made it to the western Conference finals but then by the next year uh which we'll talk about here in a little bit they're they're fall apart i think they win something like 24 25 games like that was like you're saying that was it that was kind of the last gasp and you look at the the trade you know getting trade for clifford ray uh nathan and clifford ray at that point only i think 25 years old so it's it's a definite like we need this one more piece and let's go for it let's try it let's get you know as much veterans as we can let's try it and, and you know they just couldn't do it and then it ended up uh you know obviously the next year after like i said they kind of fell apart and then it wouldn't be until really until 1984 or until uh in a better part until the late 80s until they kind of game back to prominence but they uh yeah they had a a, a n- number of years of struggle uh after this yeah and um then he in the next year he shipped off to uh, cleveland where he uh, finished his career plays uh he plays most of the rest of the, of the fi- of that year and then a little bit of the next year um and at this point he was playing you know off the bench 16 20 minutes but was able to you know go 100 percent you know because of that <clears throat> Sorry, I was about to cough, but I did not cough here. I'll, no I'll take a little uh, a five second break so we know to edit. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he, he was he was effective in those minutes and uh, was able to kind of play at the level, you know, f- four or five years ago. There's an SIFL article called A Cavalier Attitude is, is Paying Off and talking about his relationship with Bill Fitch, who kind of was able to, who, you know, the situation in Chicago was a little bit dysfunctional. So he was able to, um, you know, adjust there, was more comfortable with Fitch. Uh, and and the, the, um, the Cavs had, a, you know, a, a surprisingly decent team after, you know, struggling with the start. They had Jim Brewer. They had uh, Jim Jones. Uh, they had Austin. Car, of course, who dealt with injuries, but was you know pretty productive there. You know they they had Fitz Walker, um, uh, you know Bob um, Bingo Bob, you know th- those type of guys. So they 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 no one who was like a huge star, but they had you know they were just kind of a a good team by committee kind of thing, and they were able to um, upset the bullets in the Miracle Richfield, which we talked about um, previously in, in our um, in our Game Sevens episode. And then Jim Jones got hurt right before the playoff series against Boston, and you know he. Uh, Thurman he played more than he was used to. He did average 10.5 points per game, 10.7 rebounds, and 35, 3.5 assists per game as a 34-year-old, but just didn't quite have it. Um, and then he's quoted in a uh, Vice.com piece saying, you know, if Jones hadn't broken his foot, we would have won. We had the best record in the lead in the second half of the season. We were rolling. We were tough. I had a couple of bad breaks in my career as far as championship thing, and that was the biggest one. We had all the pieces. But he did end up getting his uh, number retired uh, in uh, in Cleveland, even though he didn't play long for the Cavs. But it was just sort of a, you know, um, when he came there to play, it was sort of, the, you know, this great local boy, um, uh, you know, comes home type story. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously not on the level of what LeBron would do later, but some similarities to that, obviously, <laughs> you know, being from Akron and being a great, you know, one of the great players of all time, even though what he accomplished in Cleveland wasn't 
significant. It was still, you know, need, need to see him. He was ret- his number 42 was retired for um, for both teams, for the Warriors and for the. Uh, yeah. And and come on, Cleveland needs something. You can't. Yeah. You know, th- don't take this. Away right. Well, <laughs> they didn't have a lot. Like now they have now a they lot. Have they have yeah, now they have LeBron. Championships. Yeah. Like, but, yeah like, they, they, they needed that at that point. So. Yes. And for the next 30 years, unfortunately. But <laughs> now they're good. Hey, everything's good now. So, all right. So um, thanks, everyone, for checking us out. You can follow us on uh, Twitter and Facebook at Over and Back NBA. Um, find us at harborparoxism.com and uh, check out our podcast on uh, iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, if you're able to, leave us a rating and review. Let us know what you're doing. Hopefully, everyone's enjoying the uh, basketball mysteries of the 70s. We're continuing this series throughout the uh, throughout the summer, so uh, please let us know if you're enjoying it. And until next time, thanks for listening. Next time on Basketball Mysteries of the 1970s. And, uh, you know, they can only have 80 players. And, and all of a sudden, there's this new league opens up, and now there's 200 players. But what they're finding out is most of those 200 players are just as good as the ones that were playing in the NBA. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.